Welcome to the Pup Pester Podcast, or as we're calling it, P-Cubed. Yep, it's nerdy. I'm your host, Gail Tabor, and I'm glad you've joined us. I do this little thing called preaching, and so this is a time when I'm going to share with you a little sermon. So grab a craft brew and sit back in your easy chair or whatever. And enjoy hearing a little word of God. Thanks for joining us. With Jesus. Hey, this is the audio recording from uh, Church on Tap, which took place June the 1st. And um, this is the audio recording of just the sermon. Um, it is a sermon that is about Pentecost. It is about fire. It is about um, what's happening in our world today. So, uh, take a listen, y'all. Enjoy your craft brew. So, y'all, there's this movement that uh, is called um, to rewild ourselves. Um, and, and, and the whole idea is to, um, to reverse the process of domestication. Um, like many of the indigenous communities, the rewilding movement um, sees the impact of white forces of civilization as being violent uh, from many different angles, um, including our souls. And uh, so it, it, it invites us to look at our planet and what we have done to our planet and the disconnection that we have between the earth and our food and our own bodies, um, to look at communities of color and how they have, have suffered um, under notions of civility and to look at the ways that our lives have been domesticated um, and that we spend so much time spending our time in front of a computer in concrete and stale buildings and following uh, these rules that were set up by, by domination um, that, that we really have forgotten what it's like to be wild that we've forgotten what it's like to run through the earth, that we've forgotten what it's like to be connected to God, that our connection to God has been somehow messed up by all of these domestic things that we do, and that somehow if we could rewild ourselves, if we could get back to a more natural way, that we would be better, that we would be uh, somehow different. I agree with Jen. Nature is one of my favorite places to find God. It is. We've all talked about the birds singing tonight as we sit here on my porch, Um, the cats going in and out over my feet, Um, all of this nature, it just is so perfect. Many of us have come to think of this order that we live in, this order that we try to impose on the world around us, that somehow it is some obedience to God, that somehow it is some higher Christian ideal, that God is the great enforcer of rules, and that somehow us following rules is following God better. 
And I'm not saying that God doesn't have rules. God has rules. They're, they're natural rules. They're rules that are very natural. They're not this imposed on you rule for no reason. God isn't the author of confusion. God is all about what makes things better. And what does it mean for us to be human? We live in a time when we have this climate crisis that has been bearing down on us for years. Um, it seems like maybe the wild animals had it, had it right to start with. And we're the ones who got it wrong. Maybe they're far more righteous than we are. There's this theology that is just waiting to be birthed from this idea of rewilding, of rewilding our lives, of rewilding our values, of rewilding our earth. And maybe this place of Pentecost that we celebrated yesterday is the perfect place to start for rewilding our lives with God. We celebrated Pentecost yesterday in our churches throughout the world um, in a myriad of different ways. We celebrated the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to read to you all of Acts 2 tonight. You're welcome. But I am going to read you excerpts of it as I tell you the story, and I'm going to read it to you from the message. And so you might not recognize when I'm reading and when I'm just telling you the story. And so as always, I invite you to go and pick up your Bible and read the second chapter of Acts sometime tonight or tomorrow. So the story is that the apostles were in Jerusalem, and it was morning, and they were all together. And uh, some might say that they were partying, um, that they were all together. As I heard yesterday in the sermon that Sean preached, that uh, maybe they were day drinkers. And that they were, uh, you know, have kicking back a few. And people thought that they were drunk. And then without warning, there was the sound of a strong wind, gale force wind not me, Gail, but other gale force winds that were blowing all of a sudden, and no one could tell where it was coming from. And it filled the whole building. And then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread throughout their ranks. And they started to speak in a lot of different languages, as the Spirit prompted them to do. We often see the spirit represented as this tongue of fire that came to rest on their head. Fire. God coming in fire. God seems to show up often in the Bible as fire. We see it in the burning bush. When Moses came upon this bush in the wilderness and it was on fire, but the fire didn't consume it. 
We see it when the Israelites were in the, in the desert and a flame of fire appeared in the sky to guide them at night. God appearing in fire. When Moses encountered the, the fire in the desert that we find in Exodus 3, he was told that he was standing on holy ground to take off his shoes, to rewild himself, to feel the earth, to be in touch with the earth, because that was a holy thing to do. So in Exodus 3, we hear this story, and again, I'm going to read to you from the message. Moses was shepherding the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Modian or Modi, you know, someplace. And he led the flock to the west, east of the wilderness, and came to a mountain of God. Horeb, again, or something. And the angel of God appeared to him in a flame of fire blazing out of, of the middle of a bush. And he looked, and the bush was blazing away, but it did not burn up. And Moses said, what's going on here? It's amazing. Why doesn't the bush burn up? And God saw that Moses had stopped to look. And so God called him forth out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, yes, I'm right here. And God said, don't come any closer, but remove your sandals from your feet. You're standing on holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And God said, I've taken a good long look at the affliction of my people in, Israel, in Egypt. I've heard their cries for deliverance from their slave masters. I know all about their pain. And now I have come to help them, to pry them loose from the grip of Egypt, get them out of that country and bring them to a good land with wide open spaces. Now, I don't know what you experienced yesterday, what you've experienced this weekend, what you've been watching on your TV and what you've been seeing. But uh, as we celebrated Pentecost yesterday, I just couldn't help but think about the fire. Our world is on fire. Shit's burning down. And in many ways, it seems like maybe we should be hearing the call of God. Just as Moses stood before that burning bush and he was inflamed to save his people, I have stood before my burning country and I've heard the voice of the Lord call out to me and say, I have taken a good long look at the affliction of my people. I've heard their cries for deliverance from their oppressor. 
I know all about their pain. And now I've come down to help them pry them loose from the grip of white supremacy, the grip of the industrial complex, from the grip of those who would keep them as slaves. Get them out of that and bring them to a good land with wide open spaces. In his book, Prayers from the Privileged People, Walter Brueggemann clearly defines how the Pentecost experience applies to the daily lives of privileged people who have grown accustomed to treating people differently because of their race, their class, and their gender, and I would add to that their sexual orientation. We hear the story of the wind at Pentecost, the holy wind that dismantles what was, the holy wind that invokes what is to be, holy wind that overrides barriers and causes and communication, holy wind that signals your rule even among us. The time of Pentecost was a time of radical change, of something new, of transformation of the community. It changed the trajectory of the future for the apostles. It changed the trajectory of the community that had come together as followers of Jesus. It changed the way that they moved into the world, the way that they affected the world, the world, the way that the world then saw them. It changed everything the day of Pentecost. And I think it still shapes us today. You know, thank goodness that the, that the apostles were ready that they were ready when Pentecost happened. They were ready for the rushing wind. They were ready for the fire. They were ready to hear and to believe and to act. Theologian Paul Tillich wrote in the new works of God as beyond our control and our force. We cannot simply will change into being because it is way more beyond transcendent of a singular individual or collective. It is birthed through us, but we cannot plan the meeting, the schedule, or predict God's future action. We can, however, practice readiness for the Spirit. We can prepare ourselves to be ready for the Spirit to move in us. We can be ready for the Spirit to come and to lift us into something new and different, into something that God is calling us to do in this great wash of wind, in this fire. God is calling us, you and me, plain old people. Too often we end up in the, what can I do? I'm just me. I can't do anything. But y'all, the apostles were just plain old people too. Readiness, Tillich says, 
means that the former things have become old and that they are driving us into the destruction of our souls just when we are trying most to save what we think can be saved of the old. I'm going to say that again because it, it feels confusing. Being ready means that we are letting go of the old things. We are letting go of our old mindsets. We are letting go of these things that are keeping our souls from being called to do what God is calling us to do. Damn it, that's hard. It's hard. I'm a Southerner. I was brought up a Southerner. Um, and you end up with certain ideals that you don't even know you're carrying around until you start to pay attention. You know, the first time somebody said to me, some white person said to me, I'm a racist. I'm a recovering racist. And it made me very uncomfortable. Because I didn't want to hear that. But let's be real, y'all. The reason I didn't want to hear it was because it pointed fingers at me. It made me have to look at my soul. It made me have to look at me and what was wrong in me and how I needed to fix me and how that was going to make me different in the world. And we don't like change. We certainly don't like to be uncomfortable. Sometimes God desires us to do new things. Sometimes God causes us to have to do new things. Sometimes we're being called to something different. A job, an identity, a community, a practice. It may be personal to us or part of a collective reality. We may not always know what that thing is in its fullness, but we, my friends, can always be making ourselves ready. Here's the thing, y'all. There's a burning bush. We see it on the news, we see it on our news feed. It's being thrust at us. There's a burning bush. Kick off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. You are standing before God and looking at this burning bush and God is calling you, God is calling us to our own Pentecost, to a time of radical change, a time of something new, a time of transformation in our lives, a time of transformation in our community. We are being called to bring God's children out of their slavery of racism and into a good land of wide open spaces. Nelson Mandela said, no one is born hating another person because of the color of their skin or because of their background or their religion. People must learn to hate. 
And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. We are being called to Pentecost. We are being called to transformation. We are being called by God to take off our shoes, to be reconnected, to rewild ourselves and connect to God and to hear God speaking to us. We are called to be transformed in this Pentecost. Not just to love, but to be transformed to action. Pray with me, y'all. God, it's difficult. It's hard. So very hard. None of us want to be called to this work. None of us want to be called to this transformation. None of us want to be called. Moses didn't want to be called. And yet you called Moses. And God, we hear your call. We hear the call that you are putting on us to rise up to Pentecost to feel your spirit at work in our world, to feel your spirit at work in our lives, and for us to be ready, to ready ourselves, to steady ourselves, and to be your people throughout the world. Give us strength, God. Give us strength for the journey. Amen.